Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Welcome to One on One, a Door County Pulse interview series. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Randy Isley of Coffee Lab. How's it going, Randy? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm glad to finally have you in here. I've been meaning to get you in for a while, but uh, you're a very busy man over there in Ephraim, and uh, thanks for spending some time with me today. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, just kind of give us the overview of what you do at Coffee Lab first, and then we'll kind of jump back to the beginning and talk about how you got here and where you're at now. Yeah, well, uh, it kind of started as an idea of just wanting to roast coffee. I was looking to roast and do wholesale, and um, the space in Ephraim kind of presented itself to me and decided that might be a better outlet than going out to farmer's markets and trying to get exposure that way. So uh, happy to be in Ephraim. I wasn't looking to be in Ephraim, but uh, Space kind of chose me, and, uh, and it's been it's been great. Yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about how you kind of found yourself in Door County. Did you have ties here when you were younger? Is it something that you found later on? Uh, grew up a couple hours south, though we never we never came up uh, growing up. I was up maybe once as a kid, so it wasn't until I was living out in New York, and uh, a friend of mine from high school went to college with Mike Holmes, who ended up moving back and opening up Wickman House. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all met in New York and became good friends out there. So when Mike moved back, I would come visit, visit my family. I'd pop up to Door County, visit him, and uh, just kind of fell in love with it. Yeah, it that, that seems to be kind of the story with people who come from out of here. It's that, like, that visiting experience really captures people, and then they just have to find a way to either work up here or, or move up here. But it just becomes a, a place that you really want to be. Yeah, I had... Uh, been on the East Coast for eight years and was ready to get back to the Midwest, and this seemed like a, a good place to land. Yeah. When did you open up Coffee Lab? It was August of 2016. Okay, so a couple of years now where you're approaching what? This is going to be your fourth season? Started down on the fourth, yeah. Cool. Uh, and what kind of got you into to coffee? So you were primarily roasting at first, right? But then Coffee Lab kind of lets you do some other stuff too, right? Yeah, uh, coffee's always been kind of a part of my life from my earliest memories. Uh, I kind of grew up at, at the airport. My dad was a pilot and uh, grew up around aviation, spent a lot of time at the airport. And, you know, some of my earliest memories are drinking horrendous, horrendous coffee <laughs> that, that uh, he used to live on. And uh, so, yeah, it always been always been an important part of my life. You know, then in high school, going out to the cafes and hanging out and drinking coffee with friends. And I always kind of had an interest with it. I uh, lived in Milwaukee for about nine years. So Milwaukee was always a kind of a good coffee town. Altera Roasters was there since the early 90s. And so, yeah, just that coffee culture and cafe culture always kind of had, had a place in my life. Moved to New York in 2006, I think, 2005 or six, And New York was kind of lacking for coffee culture. There was maybe one roaster in Brooklyn that I knew of and... You know, but for the most part, people are grabbing their coffees at bodegas. 
and uh, you know you had your Starbucks, but it wasn't until maybe 2008 when the kind of specialty coffee scene really exploded in New York. Right. And that's really kind of what set me down the rabbit hole. Gotcha. So when you were growing up, uh, you know, you mentioned that coffee was kind of a big part of your life, but at what point did you kind of start the journey for a better cup of coffee? I feel like people who get into coffee always have that like moment where they're like, I can do this better. Like I can find a way to get more out of this. Because coffee is one of those things where it's like, there's such a broad spectrum of what you can actually drink in terms of just, you know, putting it on the pot and getting it off and then like digging in and really doing something artisanal with it. What was, what was that experience like for you? It was really, you know, the, the cafes in New York that started doing the manual brewing and being really sort of specific with how they were preparing the coffee with, you know, weighing the coffee and the temperatures. And so I started experimenting at home and uh, was really blown away by changing your water temperature five degrees or changing your grind size or the ratio of the water to coffee had such a huge effect on the end product. Mm. And a friend of mine came in from Puerto Rico. She brought me a bag of coffee from Puerto Rico, uh, Hacienda San Pedro, I think it was. And I was experimenting at home and brewed this cup on the AeroPress. And it was kind of a transcendent experience. Um, I've been never been able to repeat it, but, uh, that's what really kind of, uh, that was kind of that awakening moment of what coffee could really be. Right. Yeah. For me, it's it's been the, the friends that I've met up here that have really done it because my wife uh, has like deep Swedish roots. So she likes really strong, dark black coffee. Uh, I was never much of a coffee drinker growing up, got into it in college, but then actually started really like putting some effort into it over the last couple of years. Uh, and it was Sam Kersabit who actually kind of taught me everything that I know about like making coffee at home now. Uh, because his family owns base camp and so he's got kind of a, a a coffee background and he he takes his stuff really seriously so it is it's it's always cool when you have somebody come in and kind of open the door for you and show you that there's so much more that you can do yeah absolutely sam brought back a very cool bag of uh i think it was april coffee from copenhagen uh that he shared with us and that was a an excellent excellent cup yeah I think for a lot of people, their their first maybe naturally processed coffee or first kind of light light roasted Ethiopia or something can be uh, pretty pretty mind opening to taste all those kind of fruit notes and citrus notes and things that you know for so many years had been roasted out of coffee. Right. So tell me about the the roasting part of it. How did you get into roasting your own beans, and then what started Isley Coffee? Well, I was uh, on a business trip in Madison. And looking for a cup of coffee in the morning, we were staying actually in Middleton because Madison was all, was sold out. And uh, so this this place came up on on my phone, and it wasn't really clear that if it was a coffee shop or what it was, but it had good reviews. So I stopped in there, and it just happened to be a, a warehouse that sold green coffee to home roasters. And ended up talking with those guys for an hour and a half, and went home with six pounds of green coffee and started roasting in a cast iron skillet on my grill. Yeah. And, and from there, just uh, after doing that for about six months, uh, played around with the air popper, roasting coffee in like an old West Bend uh, popcorn popper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a little home roaster, do a half pound at a time. And, you know, the same in experimenting with brewing. You know, once you experiment in roasting, the difference in, you know, 15, 20 seconds in a roast is, is wildly different. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of an endless, an endless moving target and, and, 
you know there's always more potential in that coffee that you're trying to eke out. Right. It's something that every time you you go into creating a cup of coffee, there's different parts of it that you can tweak to try to change the flavor. That was one thing that Sam told me about is like starting a coffee journal. And every time that you make a cup of coffee, take your measurements and write them down and then see how that changes every time you do it and see if the taste comes out differently and try to hone it in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um so when you when you got into coffee at first, it was would you say that it was more of kind of a hobby thing that you were doing? Was there was there a clear point in which it started to become more of a professional thing, or did it just grow organically? It had, it had been a hobby, you know. I I used to travel for for in, in my old career, and you know a lot of that time was we'd we'd end up in a new town and and seek out the the best coffee shops. So you know even even in that, coffee was always uh, a center point. I had moved upstate New York and after moving out of the city and there was no good coffee up there and living up there, I, I was kind of the first time I started thinking about having a coffee business. Um, I was looking at maybe doing a, a little mobile business, uh, near the train station or something. Um, and then, you know, a year, two, two years later, I ended up moving back to Wisconsin and up to Door County and, uh, that's when that's when I decided to to make the jump. Gotcha. So Coffee Lab was kind of your first real professional endeavor in the coffee world, right? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I I had never worked in coffee before, never been a barista, never pulled a shot of espresso until I bought the espresso machine and set it up in the shop. So it was a little bit trial by fire. Well, you wouldn't know it by going in there. Definitely every time that I've come in, my, one of my favorite things to do when I go to Coffee Lab is just ask you for whatever you're drinking at the time. You probably notice that every time I come in, I just get the Randy special. Because when when you've got somebody who really knows what they're doing and is passionate about what they're doing, it's really fun to just trust them to make you something new. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Randy, why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, I want to talk about the first couple of years at Coffee Lab. Uh, you guys had some pretty interesting things happen uh, last year with your expansion. Uh, and then we'll kind of dig into what you guys got going on this year and into the future. Yeah, sounds great. They called themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Mackin Island, worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2,000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back. So, Randy, tell me about the first couple of years of Coffee Lab. Uh, you've got a really great location in Ephraim. Uh, you opened up, you were doing all your roasting and your wholesaling, but you're also doing the barista thing there. Tell me about, like, the first season that you guys were open. Yeah, so, like I said, just kind of jumped in, uh, trial by fire. It's one thing to, you know, make coffee as a hobby. It's another thing when you kind of turn it into a business. So it was, it was an interesting experience, you know, for anyone that was in there the first couple of years, you know, I think we had 330 square feet uh, seating for, you know, 
two to three people. Yeah. Um, so pretty cozy. But you know, coming from the East Coast, I was used to the those small spaces and the kind of pedestrian lifestyle. And um, so it, it made sense for me at the time. Um, and, and it was a good good start. But I kind of found after a couple winters that, you know, people want a place to hang out. People want to change the scenery and get out of the house. And, and uh, so expanding and, and making room and giving people places that, uh, you know, kind of became a priority. Right. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because y- you mentioned that kind of like really small kind of in and out kind of experience is pretty normal in the cities. Um, but when you introduce kind of a more urban atmosphere into a place like Door County, right away people are like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is different. Right. Um, but I, I think that 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 feeling of being able to go in and hang out with like you or whoever is working or just hang out with friends and family and sit down and have a good cup of coffee, read a magazine, that kind of stuff, that, that vibe is so important when you're like in this community. So... Uh, that expansion that you guys did, I think, was a really good idea. Yeah, it's it's been great. I'm naturally an introvert, so f- so for me to open a, a cafe and 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 sort of be the face of it was pretty daunting. Um, but it's been, you know, the community has been amazing, and got to meet uh, so many great pe- and interesting people. So it's, um, yeah, been been really happy to do it. Yeah, I I've kind of seen the evolution of Coffee Lab since you guys opened. But just kind of describe the the space and the the expansion process a little bit. You went from just a, a very small counter and no real room for anybody to do anything to you know how many seating or how much seating do you have now? What what was that like to kind of open up that wall and expand into the uh, into the space? We pretty much doubled the space. You know, we still don't have a ton of seating, but we can. You know, what do we have? Ten or twelve. So a, a big improvement from two. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely room for people to kind of sit back and enjoy. Uh, what they're doing in there. And like I said, your location, you've got, you know, you're right off the water, kind of right in that kind of chef's hat area. There's a bunch of stuff that's going on. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been neat to kind of see that little uh, downtown Ephraim uh, blossom, you know, with Trixie's moving in and Pearl Wine Cottage across right. the street. Um, yeah, every year, a little better and better. Right. So you guys opened up and you, you've kind of stayed open year round for the most part. I know that you take some breaks in the winter like most businesses up here do, but you, you've, you've kept a pretty um, year round feel, right? Was that by design or was that something that you, you knew you were going to have to do to kind of stay up here in the off season? Well, I think, you know, a lot of people's dream, live, you know, living and working in a tourist uh, areas to be able to shut down for whether it's one or two, three or six months, but you know, to have that freedom, um, that's a big, a big part of, uh, you know, working for yourself and having your own business is to be able to do that. So yeah, I shut down for two months, March and April, um, has been what I've done since I've opened and, and yeah, it's, you know, you, you think, you know, so many people work a, a standard nine to five job and get two weeks vacation. And, and when you can create a, a situation where you might be able to, you know, disappear for a month or two, it's, it's, pretty special. Right. Well, that that is kind of modest of you in Door County, too, because it's not like you're closing down at September and opening up in May like a lot of businesses do. Like, you still are a part of the winter up here. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's a cool time to be up here. You know, we it's a time when you really get to, to talk to people and meet people and connect. And, you know, the, the late fall, early winter is definitely my favorite time of the year. Right. And, and being able to jump in and become a part of the community. As a business owner, I feel like you you open yourself up to the locals and the tourists as like being a part of Door County, um, but being able to like find 
young entrepreneurs and, and people to hang out with, I think is the other thing that's really cool. Like I met you non-professionally first and then started to learn what you did as a business. So it's cool that you're able to come in and kind of forge friendships and, and, and join into the, the community. And uh, the, the winter, I think, is the time to do that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's working, you know, such long hours during the summer that you'd never really get to connect. Uh, so this, this is the time. Right. So you guys are uh, going to take a, a short break here coming up, and then you'll be back for this next 2020 season. Do you have any sort of plans for this year, things that are, are, are going to change or be different or anything in the future of Coffee Lab that you're excited about? We've got a couple of balls in the air right now, but it's a little too early to to say how they're going to land. So, yeah, looking to, you know, I, I haven't had a, a real strong vision for where I've wanted to take it. Um, I've just kind of been taking it as it comes and, you know, which works for a while, but at, at some point you kind of have to, you know, take command of the ship and decide, you know, where, where you, what you want to do with it. Right. So trying to, trying to kind of find that balance now of, of, how to grow naturally and organically, but, um, you know, make the changes that are necessary. Right. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about too, is you, you wholesale your coffee as well to, you know, the, the local community, but beyond that as well. In fact, that's probably how I interact with coffee lab the most is through getting Isley coffee and brewing it at home. Uh, tell me a little bit about that process and, and, and how does it feel to be able to kind of put your product out into the community and beyond? Yeah, it's been it's been cool. I get a lot of a lot of good feedback. You know, people that are having uh, you know dinner or breakfast somewhere and they have the coffee and are pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know that it's a, a good cup of coffee and and so get a lot of good advertising from the wholesale accounts. I feel like it adds something when you go to a place and you get a cup of coffee and you ask where it's from and you and you're able to say like, oh, it was roasted here in Door County. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's something that is really nice to be able to do. And there, there's a couple of roasters up here, but like I know that at Fika, my in-laws place, uh, we use your coffee as much as we can. Uh, and that's always nice when people come in and say, where do you get your coffee? Do you make it yourself? No, we get it from Randy up in Ephraim. You know what I mean? It, it creates that like local <laughs> feeling to it. And it's, yeah. it's another thing that you can kind of put a stamp on and be like, this is a Door County thing. There's such a great community up here and people collaborating together and supporting each other. So it's, it's been neat to kind of see that grow and be a part of that. Right. Where can people get Isley Coffee just out and about? I know that I pick it up from Main Street Market, but you're in a couple other places too, right? Yeah, Main Street Market's a good spot. Uh, Heirloom Cafe in Bailey's Harbor, Ephraim Coffee Lab, and then you can order online at isleycoffee.com. Cool. Randy, before we wrap up here, we, we nerded out a little bit about coffee in the beginning, uh, but I just want to dig into that a little bit more. You know, we talked about when you, you first discovered that like coffee can be so much more than, than how you were experiencing it. Where are you at in that process now? Like now that you've been doing this professionally for a long time, what is the coffee experience like for you now? I guess I guess one of the pitfalls of um, <clears throat> working in coffee is you, you tend to lose reference a little bit. So, you know, especially up here where, you know, I'll have friends bring me coffee when they're traveling so I can at least, you know, taste other people's coffee and, and get a, a fresh perspective. But it's, it's easy to get... Um, you know, kind of, kind of stuck in your own little bubble. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of new, um, processing methods that they're doing in coffee with, uh, different fermentation methods, um, which are pretty interesting. And, you know, it's such a, it's such a subjective, um, experience and preference, you know, um, you get a lot of people that are, we're so used to drinking dark roasted coffee for, 
you know, you know, since the up until the probably late nineties, early two thousand, that was just kind of the norm. And so now the pendulum has kind of shifted and then people are really uh, exploring and getting into the lighter roasted coffees and the naturally processed coffees. And so, yeah, it's just in the, it's an, and we still know so little about the roasting process. So there's a lot to learn and, you know, there's a lot of potential in there and it's just trying to, trying to bring out as much potential that coffee as you can. You know, uh, a farmer has to pick, 50 cherries for you to have one cup of coffee. Hmm. It's a lot of, a lot of work in that. And right. really want to sort of pay respect to the, the effort that's put in, in the farm, the farming and, and, and the processing and, and try to highlight that. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the goal. Do you find that since you've been doing this at coffee lab, that more of your process is dedicated to refinement or, or, or are you still trying to, to to be creative and find, you know, new ways to do things? I guess when I roast, it's it's a little more seat of the pants than it is um, science. You know, you kind of have that that foundation of of understanding the methodology methodology in the roasting. But for me, a lot of times it's more of a feel, um, and I don't really know you know why I'm doing things when I'm doing them, but it's just kind of this uh, so unconscious uh, feel. And uh, yeah, you know, and everything's tracked, so you get a result that you like, you know exactly what you did, and then you can repeat it. So you still are, are there's still a creative element to what you're doing as well. Absolutely. Good. I feel like, I feel like when, you, when you lose sight of that like creativity and you just go into like, all right, I figured this out, now I'm just going to roll with this for years. That's when you can kind of like lose the passion in it. Yeah, and that can you know, and that can happen in the in the middle of the season when you're just trying to keep your head above water. Right. Um, you don't have that bandwidth for experimenting and, and trying new stuff. So you know, this time of year is great. You get to you know try different coffees and different uh, roasting approaches. And yeah, right. Well, and uh, I guess to wrap up here, I'll ask you the question that I ask you every time that I come in. What are you into right now? Like, what, what's got you excited right now about coffee? Well, I've, I have a really beautiful Kenya um, micro lot that uh, I've got about a half bag left. And uh, it's been one of my favorite coffees that I've had. So super dynamic, real juicy. Um, just a really interesting, beautiful coffee. Cool. When you're not drinking your own coffee, whose coffee are you drinking? You know, I think uh, Kickapoo uh, is one of my favorites. Ruby, yeah, those two are kind of my go-tos. Uh, Sweet Bloom out of Denver. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's coffee kind of has followed the the micro beer uh, world, and yeah. it's just so oversaturated. And uh, I get in, in a good way. I mean, there's just so many options to choose from, so you're never going to get bored. Right. Uh, well, Randy, you are in Ephraim at Coffee Lab, but where else can people find you? Uh, you're on Instagram. You've got a Facebook. Uh, what can people look for? That's right. Uh, Isley Coffee on Instagram, Ephraim Coffee Lab on Facebook, and then IsleyCoffee.com for online sales. Great. Well, Randy, thank you so much for coming in and nerding out with me a little bit about coffee. Uh, I really look forward to seeing what you guys have coming down the pipeline in the future, and uh, I wish you the best of luck for the 2020 season. And enjoy your little break here coming up. It's well-deserved. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. 
For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at DoorCountyPulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Thank you.